This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. If you have your Bible today, can you turn to uh, Luke chapter 17? I'm going to start there in a moment. It was announced today. I just want to take a moment to say the Better Together Conference. And I, I like to say it this way, that the best memories in your life and the most challenging memories in your life have a face attached to it. Isn't that true? And the best moments and the most challenging. People are the best part about our church. People are the most challenging part about our church. Usually the one that I see in the mirror. That's usually the one that challenges me the most. Uh, but we, we, our first conference, we want to get together and we just want to talk about how to be better together, communication, and how to love each other, and how to help each other. And so if you're single, it's for you. If you're married, it's for you. If you're a parent, if you're not a parent. If you have employees, if you have an employer. If you have people in your life. If you don't have people in your life, come and meet some people at the Better Together Conference. And we have some amazing guests coming in from BC, John and Helen Burns. You'll see them on the Hillsong channel. They do all the relationship and communication stuff on there. They're, I believe they're in their 70s. They're just so wise and so fun and so cool and so amazing. And they're coming in. It's a free conference. Saturday night in the evening, get a babysitter. We're not going to have kids ministry. We want just everybody in here. All the, and you know, if your kids are old enough to be in here, that's great. But we're going to come in here for an evening. We're going to have cheesecake and dessert. We're going to have stuff. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to just learn so much. It's going to be so fun, too. Uh, but register in the lobby. You can register if you're thinking, I'm not great with computers. Just register in the lobby uh, or online. And we're doing that. We want to give away some prizes, some fun stuff. So we have like a three or $400 uh, gift prize that we're at Basket. We're giving away. Just register. Uh, just helps us know who's coming. Uh, and it's just fun. So register for that today. And that's coming up in three weeks. It's going to be so much better. We are better. You are already on the same page. I love you so much. Today, I don't have a lot of time, so I want to be quick. But today, we're starting a new series. You'll see behind me the Kingdom series. We're starting a series called The Kingdom of God, Heaven on Earth. We like to say this, when God's plan and your earth collide, it is heaven on earth. The Bible talks so much about the kingdom of heaven. In the New Testament alone, it, the kingdom is mentioned 162 times. Jesus thought it was so important. He spent three years of his life in ministry. He, he died on a cross. It only took a few days to die. But he spent years because he wanted to talk about the kingdom, prepare for the kingdom, and build the kingdom. The kingdom was important to Jesus. In fact, even, even in, in Matthew 6, verse 9, he taught his disciples to pray. He says, when you pray, every day when you pray, say, Our Father, who Hallowed be thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. The Bible talks so much. Jesus focused so much on the kingdom. As a church today, we believe we want to help you. I want to grow. We are committed to growing. About what does it mean, the kingdom of God? The Bible talks about it. Jesus focused on it. He thought it was enough for us to focus on it daily. What is the kingdom of God and has it affect our lives. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about what it does inside of you. It does something inside of you, the kingdom of God. When it does something inside of you, then it does something outside of you. And then we're going to believe for another level of power in our lives to, do, to function at a level beyond our unction, to go above our education and beyond our experience, and to live in a, such a way that the kingdom of God is near in your daily life. We're believing for that the next few weeks. Luke chapter 17, if you're there, say hey. Some of you are just waiting for the big screen behind me. I'm going to read a real quick verse, Luke chapter 17, verse 20. 
It says, one day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? When will, when will heaven kiss the earth? When will, when will all be right? When will, God, you be back in control? When will there be no longer pain and suffering? When will we get to see heaven? When will the kingdom of God come? They were thinking it's down the road. It's this far off place. They were thinking about heaven and the afterlife. And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. Pause. Florida's pretty close in January, just saying. But it's not Florida, it's not Hawaii, it's not Moncton, it's not here, it's not there. It says this, it says, for the kingdom of God is already among you. For the kingdom of God is already among you. Today we want to talk about the kingdom of God. Do you know those people that never get stressed you know those people, they walk calm, they talk calm. Do you know, you know, we have one of them leading our missions trip next week to Dominican, Luke Sliz. I've never seen Luke run. I've never seen him talk fast. He's just cool. He's just, he's just, he doesn't even sweat. He glistens. He's, you, do you know those people that are never panicked? I am not one of them. I'm a duck. You ever see a duck? It's, it looks calm on the top of the water. Underneath, it's paddling like crazy. I may look like I have it together. I may look like I'm not nervous. But underneath, I am, there's a lot of movement going on. Travel makes me panic sometimes. I don't like being late for flights. I, I'd rather be early. Come on. Those people that just take, there's people in the security, there should be two lines. Those that have never traveled before, it's like all of a sudden, like, oh, I have bracelets and belts and shoes that don't untie quickly. And I have six laptops and four kids. And they've, I'm like, I just get, I'm there five hours early and I already feel beclumped because of. I remember I was coming on a flight from, from Africa to Paris with some friends. We were living in, in Kenya for a summer, learning from locals and helping local pastors and working with orphans in my 20s. And we were coming back and we had a layover in Paris, Charles de Gaulle Airport. There was four of us, two girls and two guys that had been in Africa with a team for a summer. We're coming home and we stopped in Paris and on the flight from Nairobi into, into Paris, the girls on our team met a guy from Paris. His name was Bruno. You already know the story doesn't end well. I don't think I've ever had a good experience. With if you're Bruno, don't be offended by that, but I've never had a great experience with anyone called Bruno, never. So as we're getting off the plane, they're like, hey, meet Bruno. He's like, hello. And that was my French accent. And I, I'm offending everybody right now. People from Moncton. I love Cape Breton, by the way. Just where are you at, Cape Breton? You're right here. Uh, um, but he's like, hello. And they're like, hey, we talked to Bruno. We only have a three-hour layover before we head home to Toronto. But we, he says we can go see Paris in that time. Right away, I start to feel a reflex happening. I'm the leader of this team. I'm 21. And they're like, it's about a 45-minute train ride into Paris, and if we do it right, we can have a half hour in Paris and then get back in time. For, it'll be close. And I'm like, ah, 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 what do we do, you know? And so I'm like, okay, let me just get tickets. So I, got, I, have, I have a fanny pack. That's back when that was cool. And, um, and my travel, traveler's checks, you don't know what that is. And I'm trying to get my traveler's checks out of my fanny pack. And I'm trying to buy tickets for the subway from the, from the airport to downtown uh, Paris. And I'm waiting, and it's a long line, and time is ticking, and everybody's getting antsy. Come on. And Bruno's like, come on, we got to go. And I'm like, I'm like I got to buy tickets. And they were not cheap tickets. 
Next thing I know, Joe, my buddy's with me, and the two girls, and Bruno jumped the turnstile without paying. He's like, it's okay. We do it all the time. Jump the turnstile. And the girl's like, all right, we're in. And I'm sitting there with this, this moment going, I'm in charge of this team. They're going with a strange Frenchman into Paris. This is not right. It's illegal. I need to pay for tickets, and I feel this tug of war. I'm like, what would Jesus do? I don't know what he would do. But I remember thinking, I can't separate as a team. We are better together. And next thing I know, me and Joe are jumping the turnstile of the subway, <laughs> catching the train, get inside the doors, and now we're on a fast train for Paris. I'm dealing with guilt and shame, and, and, and the veggie tales are going through my mind. And I'm honestly, I'm, 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 I'm nervous, and I'm upset, and... I'm already not liking Bruno, and, uh, and I, I'm just, I'm never eating french fries again or french mustard. I'm just already not enjoying myself. And, and then he starts calming us down. It's fine. It's fine. We do it all the time. I'm like, right, right, right. You only live once. This will be good. And he goes, as we get closer, he's like, by the way, I'm getting off before you. There's a stop. What you don't know is, he said, when you go out, it's not a turnstile. It's a gate. But you only get through with your ticket, which you don't have. So what you do is, you find somebody, you get right behind them and push through. <laughs> oh! He's like, au revoir, and he jumps off the, off the, off the train. Now I'm in, they're looking at me, like, you're in charge. I'm like, don't look at me. We get through there, and we, we push through, and it's so awkward. Excuse me, excuse me. We push through, and we get it, and now we're in Paris. Now we have 15 minutes. I have one picture from this trip. It's one picture of me with the Arc de Triomphe, however you say that. Behind it is the Eiffel Tower, and I'm sitting there smiling. We literally ran into Paris. I ran down one street. I got one picture. I drank one coffee, had a croissant, and then ran back to the train station. As we come back to the train station now, for some reason, there are armed guards randomly on patrol at the turnstile. We walk up, and I'm like, oh, what are we going to do? So one girl walks up, and she goes, hey, I lost my ticket. And I'm like, oh, you lost your ticket. Are you guys traveling together? And like, can we see your ticket? She's like, oh, I lost my ticket. And Joe's like, I lost my ticket. I'm like, uh, my ticket, I lost it. And he's like, all four of you lost your ticket. They took us into a back room. They made us pay for our tickets and a fine. Got us back on the train, and we barely made our flight. I, I, from that day on, I just, I just, I, the word Bruno does things to me. <laughs> What's amazing is I play it off like I've been to Paris. Have you ever been to Paris? Oh, I've been to Paris. It's beautiful. <laughs> I was there in August, actually a couple weeks before Lady Diana and the whole thing, but I was there for a very historic time in history. It's beautiful. You should try the coffee. It's amazing. The croissant, the art, the triumph. Do you know how beautiful it is? And I play it off like you've been to, I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Moncton. I've been to Shady Camp. I've been to Sydney. <laughs> I've been to Paris. It's beautiful in the summer. You should try it in the summer. It's beautiful. If you have time, there's this one coffee shop. And I talk like I've been there. You know what's amazing is we, you know, there's a difference between experiencing Paris and 20 minutes in Paris. Such a difference. You know, we do the same thing with the kingdom of God. I do this. We run into church on a Sunday morning. Oh, God, it's 10 out. Some of you show up at 11. You know we're done at 11.15-ish, right? Like, you show up, you check your kids, and you throw them at the kids' ministry. Go, go, right? The kids are combing hair, pulling up pants. You grab your cup of coffee. We, we sit there, we sing a couple of songs, and I go, oh, you should go to church. It's awesome. <laughs> the kingdom of God is amazing. You should try it on Sunday mornings. It's beautiful. And we do this. I do this. There's a difference. There's a difference. What an injustice to only experience a few hours of church when we're offered to be a part of the kingdom of God. 
We say things all the time, like maybe you've seen it on our social media, we tell, you belong here. What does that mean? That's more than here. Let me, you do belong here. You're welcome here. The quote, the poet Kevin McAllister, you always belong in church, you know, from home alone. You're always welcome at church. But this is bigger than that. What does it mean to belong here? The Bible is not talking about church. It's talking about the kingdom of God. It's bigger. It's more than 20 minutes having, having a taste of coffee, singing a few songs, passing an offering bucket, and grabbing your kids. There is more to living than visiting. And so many of us are living a tourist world when we're supposed to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. We've settled for stopover mentality when God's asked us to put down roots and live. The kingdom of God is different. And today I want to challenge you in the few minutes allotted to me as we unpack this series over the next three weeks, the importance of the kingdom of God in my life and your life and how it's more than just settling for checking a box of I go to church on Sunday morning. See, the kingdom of God is bigger than attendance. That's why we tell some people, don't come to church. See, some of you are meant to be hockey coaches and soccer coaches and supposed to be out there influencing people on Sunday. Why? Because the kingdom of God is bigger than a stopover. That's why some of our people are influencing right now in our city rather than coming on a stop. Why? Because when you live somewhere, you live there. You talk different. When you live in a country, you talk like them. You act like them. You eat like them. You start to shift and change. Next week, we're going to be talking about how it changes you. What is the kingdom of God? I'd encourage you to maybe write something down today on this topic that I'm talking about. Come on in. Come on in. There's, there's this, 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 this thing of welcoming to where you belong in the kingdom of God. I'd encourage you to write notes down. If you don't take notes, I'm judging you silently. I'm not going to say anything. But maybe something will help jog your memory, but also maybe encourage you even this coming week. What is the kingdom of God? Number one, it's powerful. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, it's living by God's power. Kingdom of God's powerful. Listen to me, you need to know today, we are a church that believes in the power in the kingdom of God. We believe people can still get healed. We're that church. We still believe that demons flee at the name of Jesus Christ. We're still the church that believe addictions can fall off of people. We're still the church that means you're like, can walk in a mess and God can get a hold of your life and he can take your mess and turn it into a message. We believe not just in a club, we're not just a community of nice, good people that wear shirts with our logo on it. We believe in the power of God. We believe if you walked in here today with cancer, God can step in and do a miracle. If you walked in here depressed, God can step in and do a miracle. If you walked in here without a purpose, you can know God has a plan for your life. We believe in the power of God. We believe in the power of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. It's more than just talk. We're not trying to convince our city. We believe we're called to reach our city. What else? The kingdom of God is unshakable. Hebrews 12, 28, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. It's unshakable. If we've ever seen a time where everything seems to be shaking, marches of people with their passion, injustice and environment, there's politics and the news, people being impeached and voted in, it seems like economics and politics and environment, it seems like everything is being shaken our kingdom of God is unshakable. I'm so thankful for a sturdy foundation in a shaky world. I'm so thankful for something that does not move in a world that nothing is steady or the same. In a world that's unpredictable, there is a God that does not change. He's the same yesterday. The kingdom of God that we're a part of is more sturdy than renting a building. 
It's more sturdy than a sound equipment or attendance. It's bigger than a service. It's unshakable. That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is more than stuff. Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness. Another version says right living. It's living right. It's also peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means right living. It's, it's, it's a life of goodness. It's the good life. You say, are you a prosperity preacher? I am. I believe God wants my marriage to prosper. I believe he wants my purity to prosper. I believe he wants my spirit eternally to prosper. I believe he wants my health to prosper. I believe I, my, my work ethics should prosper. I believe we should prosper. I believe living in the kingdom of God is the good life. It's the right life. It's the right living. So what does it mean to go into the kingdom of God? It's, it's really back to Genesis 1. We're going to go there real quick. Genesis 1, 26. When God started the kingdom of God, what he said is we need to do a reset. Sometimes on our phones, my phone, I got too many pictures and too much apps. And once it was like, you need to reset it. Go back to factory setting because you messed it up somewhere. You clicked a button, you switched something off, and now it doesn't work right. And the location doesn't work and the phone doesn't work. And somewhere you messed it up. Go back and reset the way it was designed. When Jesus said, the kingdom of God is coming, he said, you got to understand, it was perfect. But our choices, your choices messed it up. I'm resetting it, the kingdom of God, where God's in charge. What was it? In Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. And stop there. That's why it's so easy to worship people. Because we're born to worship, and we sometimes settle, we settle for something like God instead of God. That's why it's easier to worship a, a musician or a movie star or to worship uh, 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 the opposite sex body, or to worship an image. Why? Because it's in the image of God. There's a part that, this feels like something I should worship. It feels like something I should get attention to, but it's not. It's in the image of God, but it ain't God. We're like God, but we're not God. He said he made us in the image of God to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds of the air, the livestock, all the wild animals. On earth, the small animals that scurry along the ground. Verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. This is reset at life. It's connected to God. It's leading and it's growing. He said, let us make in our image, to connect with us. Then, I'm going to give them authority. They're going to have authority over everything on this earth. And then they're going to grow and multiply. Connected kingdom living is reset living. It's the good life. You're connected to God. That's the good life. It means that there's authority on your life. You're meant to lead. You're not the tail. You're the head. It doesn't mean you're under. It means you're above. It doesn't mean you're less than. You're greater than. It means God wants you not just to get through life, not to make a living, but to live a life. And there is a difference. It means that you're leading and you're growing. My friends, that means you're not perfect, but you're not where you were. My friend, I'm not where I need to be in my marriage, in my purity, in my faith, in my prayers, in my parenting. But I'm not where I was. Why? Because I am growing. I'm connected, I'm leading, and I'm growing. That is reset living. When you live in the kingdom of God, you can't get that from a church service by itself. You can't get that from checking a box. The kingdom of God is you're connected to him. You're leading in authority. God has a plan for your life, influence on your life, and you're growing in every area. That is reset living. It's also peace. If we've ever needed peace, this is the time. People are tormented. Tormented. In their mind, in their addictions, in their habits, in their thoughts, in their relationships. 
People are smoking stuff, drinking stuff, going to stuff, looking for peace. The Bible says the kingdom of God, you'll know it by peace. You know countries by their culture, Canadians by their flannel. Come on, somebody. Americans by their football, the French for their Brunos. You know cultures. The kingdom of God, you know when you're in the kingdom of God because there's peace. That word peace is both horizontal and vertical. If you understand that word, the original word, Jesus was saying, you can have peace with your maker and you can have peace with your fellow man. If your life is full of strife today, if you feel like there's angst between people, if you feel like you're always at odds, you feel like there's always some drama, can I encourage you, there's something more available to us. The kingdom of God is peace. It also says it's joy. I think the church should be the most joyful place in the world. doesn't mean it's the easiest place. Happiness and joy are not the same thing. Happiness is an emotion based on external circumstances. Joy is a, is a conviction and a relationship on an internal relationship with God. Tom Potty, I wouldn't embarrass you for anything. You know I love you. But you have some of the biggest joy I've ever seen in my life. And this last week, tragedy hit your life in a way I can't imagine. But there's a joy on you. Has it been a happy week? No, sir. But there's a joy on your life. That you love people more than they love you. You give more than you take. You know that you're right with God. God has a plan and God will use all things for good. And you are motivated by the kingdom of God. You have peace. You have joy. And there's power on your life. And a time when people would say, I'm going to bed. I'm going back to drugs. I'm going back to alcohol. In your 11th year sober. Say, no, no, I have something bigger than outside circumstance. And last week I saw you stand up in a tough place and lead people in your own struggles and grieving. Lead people back to hope. I believe the church should be the biggest joy place in the world. We should be the biggest party and the biggest hospital. Joy. It's the way life's supposed to be. The life in the kingdom changes you. Life in the kingdom of God changes you the way a service never will. Changes you. You can always tell people that are in the kingdom of God because they start to change. You can come as you are. You belong. You don't have to behave or believe to belong. You belong. But I'll tell you this. Once you get into a kingdom, you start to change. Whenever people go away to another country to Bible school, they come back with accents. You ever notice that? People go to Australia for three weeks and they come back. Good day, mate. You know, like, I lived in England for a while. It's amazing how I start, my, my pronunciation started to change. I started to like the footy, the soccer, the football. It's amazing how I liked uh, a Dijon mustard, how I liked food with no taste, always boiled. You know, It's amazing how the British started to take over. I started watching Monty Python. Why? Because you take on the climate of where you are. Listen, you can come as you are. You belong. But when you're in the kingdom of God, something starts to change. It changes your life. Who's allowed in? Who's allowed in? Immigration's a hot topic right now, isn't it? Both sides of the border. Our world's in turmoil. People are fleeing places of, of, of war and, and, and injustice. And there's these topics on the news. I see the debates and I, I read the articles and I listen to the politicians as they're, as they're running for election of what their policy is on immigration. There's talk of walls and no walls and, and, and the question's like, how many is too many? Like, what's the tipping point of too many people that, like, how many, if we, if we let people in, how many are too many? What, what if we lose our culture? What if, and there's, what are the dangers and pros and cons? Immigration is a hot topic. What if, what if bad people get in? What if people get in that, there's some great people coming, but, but what if bad people sneak in that want to do us harm? Questions like, should there be background checks? We have to screen these people. And if you pass all these things, it's such a long process. 
Some of you know this. Some of you have come to this country and it's a long, tedious process. The kingdom of God is very different. How many get in? Whoever wants to. Luke 13, 29, and people will come from all over the world, from east and west, north and south, to take their places in the kingdom of God. Who, wants to get, who can get in? Whoever wants to. Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Everyone. You know what the Greek word for all is? All. Everyone. Come on in. What if bad people get in? That's who we're looking for. Because we're all bad. Don't judge people because they sin differently than you. It's amazing how we classify sin. But we judge other people for sinning differently than we do. Well, my sin. My sin is appropriate sin. But that is disgusting sin. That is violent sin. That is, that is I grew up at that. That sin. Sin is sin. I'm learning in my life that don't judge others for sinning differently than I do, that we all have sinned. The Bible says it this way in Romans 3.23. The Bible says, kingdom of God, Jesus, building his kingdom. It says in Romans, it says, for everyone has sinned. Your pastor's a sinner. Tweet that. So are you. Thank God we get in. What if bad people get in? That's who it's for. For everyone has sinned, and we fall short short of God's glorious standard. Background checks, they're wiped clean. Yeah, but you don't know who I was, what I did. No, the blood of Jesus washes it clean. You're clean. Background, you got a fresh start. You've been cleared. It's, 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 It's been wiped clean. There's no background check. Is it a long process to get in? No, it's short. Just one question. Romans 10, 9, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Here's the question. Do you believe that Jesus can save you from your sin? That he can lead your life better than you can lead your life? That he is king of this kingdom? If you follow him, you'll reset your life and live it the way he intended you to live? Yes, you're in. Come on in. Come on in. I want to challenge you this morning as we get ready to sing and praise. Just don't visit just don't spend a morning at church. Don't settle for a stopover when you were called to be a citizen and live here. Live. Put down roots. Belong. Come on in to the kingdom of God. Over these next few weeks, we're going to unpack how your life will change. How your changed life will change our city. And how God has given us power to do that. The kingdom of God is near, the Bible says. When you pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done. We are believing as a church, not for a large church, but to grow the kingdom of God. There's a difference in that. We're not looking for people to make a stopover and run and go, I just made it and go. No, no, saying something's happening. I live here in this kingdom. I talk different than I did. I shouldn't belong here, but they let me in. You don't belong here. You shouldn't be in here, but you're in. We have something in common that good is God is good and we weren't. But together, we're starting to talk different and act different and think different. We're assembling and organizing. We're becoming dangerous to injustice, dangerous to depression and sin and hopelessness. We're becoming dangerous to addictions. Why? Because we are unified for a cause. For the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force that we're getting organized to help somebody. Why? Because the kingdom of God is not for us, it's for others. Don't just stop over. 
don't just rush in. Put down roots and live. And let the king of your heart lead you through life. Today, I want to give you a chance to pray for you. You walked in here today and you say, I don't know Jesus Christ. He's not my king. He's not my God. I'm not a part of this kingdom. I've come to church today, but I don't know God. The first step is just crossing the border. It's crossing the divide. You can't do it on your own. The Bible says it's a great chasm. You can't get from where you are to where you need to be. You can't get from your life to where God wants you to be. That's why Jesus died on the cross. He became literally, he stretched his arms out on a cross and became a bridge from where we are to where we need to go. He says, there's only one way to the Father, through me. And we cross that bridge and cross that border and say, you're in charge, I'm not. I screwed my life up. When I'm left to myself, bad things happen. You're in charge, you're the king. That's why it's a kingdom. And I follow you. It says, with you, how do you get in? I believe in Jesus. I need your help. Forgive me. I'm a mess. I don't understand it all, but I know you're in charge. And I need your help. A miracle happens in your life. The Bible says you become born again. It's like a reset. A reset happens. You may still act the same way and talk the same way at first, but a miracle happens. Your citizenship changes. Your blood type changes. It changes from sinner to holy. It changes from foreigner to adopted. It changes from far off to close. And a miracle happens your life and the power of God goes into effect and things start to happen and many in this room are proof of the goodness of God of crossing that border and saying I want to enter the kingdom of God all over this place if you can just close your eyes for a moment I'm going to ask you if you said Mike I want you to pray for me all I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand and then put it right back down and I'm just going to pray for you right where you sit we're going to believe today that instead of just rushing in to a service that today you're going to stamp your passport for the kingdom of God. That when you leave here today, you're still part of the kingdom of God. When you go home to work, to school, you have a different king. You have a different authority. You're a citizen of a different place, a place of righteousness, peace, and joy. Peace will fill your life. Joy will fill your heart. That the good life, the right life, is what you'll be known. If that's you today, you say, Mike, I want you to pray for me. On the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. One two, three, all over this place. Raise your hand. Put it right back down. Thank you. Put it right back down. Anyone else? Oh, wait, one more moment. Can we all of us stand to our feet today as we get ready to sing this song? If you're from Nova, if you go here, we do this almost every Sunday. The Bible says heaven celebrates when even one person crosses over and says, I believe. May we always be a church that's never sick of hearing of people making the crossing from death to life, from sin to righteousness, from their own to the kingdom of God. May we always make room in our services, in our hearts and our lives to celebrate those that enter the kingdom of God. Can we pray together? Let's close our eyes. Let's all pray together. Worship team, pray with me. If you raise your hand today, we're all gonna pray this. Pray this after me. Lord Jesus Christ, come into my life. Forgive me for my sin. I don't want to be distant. I've ruled my life and made a mess. I want to reset. I want to restart. I want to be born again. Jesus, I believe in you. Lead me from now on. I love you. Amen. Come on, church.